Let me take a couple seconds. We'll talk about Anchor. Are you like me and you've thought about trying a podcast for a while? Either you just like talking into a microphone or you got something to say you just want to let out into the world or, you know, you've always wanted to do something with a friend. Okay. Anchor's the way to go. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. So you know it's definitely in your budget. I know money to get going can be an issue. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Really make it pretty easy peasy, which if you're like me and you don't know what you're doing, it's right in your wheelhouse. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more outlets. And you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. It really doesn't get any simpler. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. Hey there, and welcome back to episode four of the Beacon Road Podcast. I am your host, Rich Levesque. We're going to talk about expectations in a little bit, but before I start, you ever feel like you've got this skill that you, you wish you didn't? Maybe it just feels that way, but it's like there's this annoying little quirk that drives you batty and it always seems to pop up at the most inappropriate times or inconvenient times or at least it just feels like it you tend to completely overreact to it one of mine is Losing and misplacing stuff. I, I swear, if, if I could find a way to make losing things a lucrative gig, I could probably buy an entire Congress. And maybe even a second one, just for good measure. So, at some point recently, that talent reared its head and On a Sunday, I was getting ready to go out, head to the gym, and do my routine. And I realized my winter hat was MIA. I had just bought the damn thing like a week or so before because I managed to lose the other one that I had. And it dawned on me as I was switching out coats, getting ready because there was snow in the forecast. Like, where the hell is my hat? I checked my pockets 
that was the last place I remembered putting the hat was in my coat pocket when I was in the car driving. Remember that, clear as a bell. So I checked the inside of my car. Nope, Zippo, squat, nada. So the only possible scenario was it would have fallen out in the one place I got out of the car the night before. And that place was probably about 40 miles away. So peace out, hat. It was a good run of what, eight days or whatever I said it was. Oh man, I was pissed. Started screaming and completely berating myself. How could I be so freaking stupid to lose a hat like that? How could I be so irresponsible? What's what the hell is wrong with you? Why can't you ever freaking pay attention to anything ever? Ah. Oh. Yeah, it sounds pretty ridiculous as I rehash that. I I, I do realize. In fact, even about 30 seconds in, I was kind of feeling a little bit silly getting as worked up as I did about that. But don't we all at times get gummed up in stupid, stupid shit? You know, things that, you know, when our lives flash before us, we're not going to remember. But man, in, the, in that moment, it can be frustrating. All because of a possible lapse in concentration. Now I, that means more time and money better spent elsewhere. In this particular case, it's going to be going to get a hat at the store on a busy Sunday night. Right before a snowstorm because you know that's always the best time to go hat shopping and between the Christmas shoppers and the oh my god we gotta get the milk and bread brigade being out in full force because it's New England that we've never dealt with four inches of snow before apparently that just didn't really help the mood but I, I I did finally get it all back into perspective and pulled my composure together. Eventually. I mean, it was an excuse to buy another hat if you know me. I, I kind of like hats a little bit. Or, like, a lot. And... I actually did find a nice Patriots hat in the store for like six bucks. I was, I was pretty impressed with myself, and I say so myself. It's a pretty baller hat. And for the inevitable insurance, I I found another two pack of hats for like ten bucks. Go me. So this particular Pat's hat has found permanent residence on my dome since. I bought it. Of course, it was a Sunday when I bought it. They played Sunday night. 
and they did not win. I wore it right through the following week, and this past Sunday, they played again. I wore the hat, and once again, they did not win. So, old me probably would have taken the hat outside, certainly by the end of last night, and set it on fire because it's cursed. This time, no. It's my hat. It's a nice hat. I like my nice hat. And jinxes and superstitions are a mental creation. I really, I swear. Don't look at me like that. Besides, they're the ones that lost, not me. I have no power over them. They're the ones that have to figure their crap out. Not me. Just saying. But, burning things because curse? Well, that was literally a thing for me back in the day. College. And it involved a jersey. This really awesome Bruins Cam Neely number eight jersey that I wanted. I wanted now. And I stupidly, especially back then, put on my credit card. Did I mention it was an awesome jersey? Except there was one little thing with my really awesome Cam Neely jersey. Every time I put it on, bad stuff went down. Not necessarily just me with the Bruins either. Although, not too long after I bought it, Cam even Cam Neely was forced to retire because it turned out that his hip was trash and wouldn't allow him to play anymore. So... Yeah, it broke my favorite player. And also, everything I seemed to touch when I was in that jersey would just go straight to shit. Like, everything. First night I wore it, I ended up with a migraine. The second night I wore it, where a series of events went down, and the night ended with me trying to pick a fight with an entire fraternity. It didn't go well, as you would expect. Somehow I managed to stay in one piece, but otherwise, yeah, no, not so much. Of course, it had to do with a number of other factors as well. Um, A, the amount that I had drank that night. B, the girl that I went to the frat with kind of stirring up trouble. 
see a combination of hormones and white knight syndrome. That could be another podcast subject for another day, though. So at that point, I did start to wonder about the jersey because it couldn't possibly have been my bad decisions. So I wore it to work a couple of nights and, you know, things just would go horribly wrong at work or, yeah, bad things just kept happening and... You know, another time I wore it in a friend's car and it ended up that we ended, had to hang out and wait for AAA to come. And other things just kept happening with this. And just for kicks, a friend offered to wear it and... That night ended with her going to the ER. Another friend tried it and some other bad juju happened there. It got to the point where I was once sent home from work for wearing it. See, I kept insisting on wearing it even though it felt like a jinx because it was so awesome and I had to justify the stupid money I spent on it. Or, well... By the end of the semester and the weather got warm and we ended up burning it in a bonfire. It was a decision made for me for my better my better well-being. That hurt especially I was probably still paying interest on the goddamn thing at the time. In retrospect, though, that jersey was kind of like the law of attraction except for bad juju, and it was all our mindset. A couple of bad nights, one certainly being self-inflicted, created a mindset that maybe just, maybe there was some kind of bad juju with this thing, and it became a self-fulfilling prophecy. Or, quite possibly, it was karma for my bad decisions. But the Ballad of the Bad Luck jersey is really a much more entertaining story than the canon of crappy choices. Don't you agree? Anyway, when we come back, we'll start talking about expectations. This is Beacon Road. Welcome back. Thanks for listening to Beacon Road. My name is Rich Levesque. Sometime back, I posted the following on social media looking for responses. Quote, How about advice or expectations that are put upon everybody or most everybody 
whether appropriate or not. For example, college. It's the expected next step for many right out of high school. Ready or not, willing or not. I'm open to comments on this or other life steps people make because they feel like they're forced to. If you don't feel that way, that's awesome, but that's not what I'm looking for here. I was really curious to see what kinds of reactions that the overall question would bring out of people. Much of life really does seem like it's a script forced upon us right from birth. We're expected to do A, then B, then C, then die. All these checkpoints thrust upon us through many generations. All of them subject to the judgment of our elders, our peers, and society in general. I mean, I've followed many of them myself and found zero satisfaction in any of it. But I can really only experience my own, well, experience. But it seems as though others would do things differently if they knew for sure that everything would work out okay if they did. Just a thing I've picked up over the years as an amateur people watcher. I'm usually pretty good at picking up whether or not someone is content with their lives just by what I can sense from observation. I'm certainly never going to claim that I have this down 100% of the time. Nobody possibly could. But I'm certain my chances of nailing it are over 50%. That's for sure. I've known that I've been able to do this since at least my early 20s. There's an old college friend that I would connect with every few weeks or so after I left school. And there were plenty of nights where we just would watch groups of people walking around in the city and I would just based off of vibes I would pick up, just kind of guess their backstories. If there were groups of people, who was disconnected and who hated who in the group. If it was a couple, whether or not it felt like a healthy relationship, whether someone wasn't happy, if one was straying. And as I followed up on these vibes, I grew to learn that I was getting far too good at guessing right more than I really wanted to. Wish I didn't. I really started to feel like the man who knew too much. But, let me get to why I wanted to go down this road on this here podcast. Because before you decide I'm a wackadoodle or something, you know, and go find another podcast to listen to, like, you know, Joe Rogan or something. I mean, he's cool and all. And I like him too, but I was hoping you'd listen to him after you were done with me, you know, soothe my ego and stuff. But anyway, I was talking to a young woman recently and she had offered up in conversation that she had chosen to not go to college right away like her peers. You know, she had just graduated high school. And she said to me, look, if I go to college... I know right now I'm looking at a $100,000 plus loan and all the pressure that goes with that. And the thing is, 
right now, I have no idea what the hell I want to do. It makes no sense for me to put myself in that kind of hole right away because that's just what I'm supposed to do so that I can make someone else happy. And a lot of my friends are doing that and wish they weren't. Thank God my parents are supportive of me on this and are encouraging me to figure out what I need to figure out right now. And this made me reflect on how many kids are in school and have no clue what they want to do. How many are going through the motions in a major they think are, is just going to make their parents happy? Or how many end up bombing out because they had no idea what they wanted and tried to bullshit their way through only to end up drownings because they were way in over their head. Christ, I remember so many when I was in school that this applied to. Okay, I, I might have been one of them. And I had no idea what the hell I wanted to do. And retrospect, I was probably better off going into the army for a few years or the Peace Corps or just walking the earth or something or any any other goddamn thing than going to school. I changed my major like three times and I'm between a couple of heavy life experiences and just surrendering. I finally went home without graduating, only to feel forced to go back to school anyway and get the degree. You know, a degree in something that interested me, but a subject that honestly I'd really rather would have read about on my own. And in the end, it was a degree that was only useful if I had gone on to graduate school, and I had zero desire to do that. I still have zero desire to do that. I have no regrets about not doing that. Now, I made lifetime friendships, and I grew a ton, and I learned so many lessons about life up at school that I never would have back home. And I can guarantee you about 97% of them came outside the classroom. And that's kind of the double-edged sword of it. The environment I was in was so important in terms of learning how to adult, how to figure out my shit, and so many other lessons. And it was a fairly safe environment in terms of being able to really fuck things up and then learn from it and try again. You really can't replicate that in very many other settings. If only it were easy for me to have just known what I wanted and I probably would have crushed the academic part. I was a lot of things, but stupid was never one of them. I was certainly not as mature as others my age, you know, growing up a little more sheltered than others. And I did have a bit of a learning curve to make up for. But in terms of that, I think I did okay. I didn't inflict much significant damage, I don't think. But 
back to not knowing, or even worse, chasing something you don't even really want. It doesn't stop there. It goes on to finding the job you don't want. Working in a locale you don't want. Becoming management someplace you don't want. Until next thing you know, you've strung out an entire 40-year career that you just didn't want. Maybe the money was good, but you've seen that money, well... It's certainly helpful and can create a lot of relief. Also does not create happiness in and of itself. Maybe you get a nice vacation here and there, but 40 years at 40 plus, quite often plus hours a week, is a lot of time in a world that drains the life out of you just to maybe have a couple of years at the end where you get to do whatever you want? If you live long enough, that is. Going all in on maybe a couple of good years toward the end. This is what so many of us do because we're supposed to. What the hell? To quote a comment from Jody, it is assumed that if you have a perfectly good career track, that you would stay the course through retirement and not just throw it away, quote unquote, to go live in an RV right when you are promoted and all of the kids are gone and all of that money will be yours. It's expected, quote-unquote, that you would choose to build on your retirement until you're old and gray, and then too old to enjoy it, like your parents, and their parents before them. Just saying. See? It snowballs big. It's... Not just a few years of making someone else happy. It's a whole lifetime living someone else's if it's not the life you want. And this snowball was well documented in a comment from Laura. And she writes, I think there are many steps in life people take because of expectations. Some of them include buying a house, getting married, having children, moving out of the parents' home. I personally think people make far too many decisions based on outside expectations instead of what they actually want. 
especially as young adults. See, if you're settling on a career path because of expectations, what's to say you're not doing that with every other freaking aspect of your life? I don't know. I'd never be able to answer that for anyone, but you most certainly can for yourself. Go back to Laura's comments. Some of that probably resonated with you. Maybe not everything. And it's all okay. He said, I'd never be able to answer that for everyone. No one can. But you most certainly can for yourself. I bore repeating. Others can do this for themselves too. And it can be different than what you would choose. And that's perfectly okay. You know, it's hard stuff because it it's a lot of it's a lot of damn work to be able to figure these things out for yourself. It really is. And Yeah, now for some, kind of going back to the school thing, it may really be about that social aspect and the opportunity to grow on that end that's more important to them. And I do see that that's a valid point from my own experience. Maybe the specific career path is not that important for some. I can see that. I can see where for people there's a hobby or an activity or a side passion that's life's purpose and you know the work thing is you know not a big thing that that's cool or maybe some see ahead and realize that they're going to change career paths multiple times anyway you know a lot of us do we get to change who we are at any point it feels right to in spite of what anybody else has to say about it and generally more often than not those that have lots to say about that usually has a lot more to do with them not having the balls to do it themselves but good luck getting then we'll admit it, and it's not really your job to anyway. But it may be worth it to have that kind of life experience in that age frame. And it's about a lot more than just an opportunity to get hammered on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. There's a ton of growth, maturity, and life lessons to be attained in that atmosphere. Even if it doesn't look like it on its face, it has a lot of value to it and we don't really think of that a whole lot it's certainly part of the equation you gotta think of now for myself if I had to go back and educate young me I think I still would have encouraged him to go walk the earth or something but 
that's okay. Again, we all have different priorities. And they're perfect the way they are. In as much as perfect exists, and it really doesn't. I think the whole point that I'm trying to get to, and I'll admit it's spitting through a bit of a roller coaster in the process, is we buy into a whole idea that we have to lock ourselves into a particular path. Whether it's because of our own expectations or those of other people who we value or it's what we believe we're supposed to do because of sort of societal constructs that are thrown in our faces relentlessly. doesn't really matter where it comes from. It's the idea that we feel like we're locked into something we don't necessarily want. Now, it's absolutely okay to stay in the line if that's really what feels right to you at the time. Absolutely. And in time, as we grow, mature, and have different experiences, we could decide that we've stagnated or just grown into a direction that the original path no longer serves. We can allow ourselves to do that. We can allow ourselves to change gears at any point. We only believe we are locked into something because we have allowed ourselves to be convinced of this. It's never been a locked track. Stay if your fire is lit. If it's not, find another track. Try one or another or many. It's all fine. Go to college right away or don't. Wait until you know what you want to do or don't. All of it is fine. Just make the choice that's aligned with where you are. Don't damn yourself to a river of regret later because you were afraid of disappointing someone. Psst. If someone is actually disappointed, it has everything to do with their own expectations and that's not your problem. It never was. The programming, the hardwiring, it runs really deep. Even when you're aware of it and you know, some might use the term awake or awoke. For me personally, it's kind of like nails on a chalkboard, but to each their own. I just happen to think it's a process of progress and everyone's path is different. Over the course of the journey, it's just easier for some people to see some patterns sooner than others and for others to see different ones. It doesn't make anyone necessarily further along. But, you know, it, it can also lead to other things. But we'll leave that alone today. I'm going to take a quick break, but let me first leave you with Mary's comment. Never thought about it like this. 
it's another program we've all been born into. What we should do. is speak and rub. Please stick around. And welcome back to Beacon Road. I am Rich Levesque. In today's episode, we are talking about expectations. And... Let me turn the channel just a touch as I go to April's comment because I think this is super important to go to for a bit. And she writes, Here is an expectation put on moms. We know all things and can solve all problems. Yesterday, I was in the doctor's office with my mom. waiting for the doctor, laptop open, while I'm answering emails for my actual full-time job. In a span of 20 minutes, all four of my daughters call or text. One for boy advice, one for medical insurance advice, another for dental advice, and the last one about sandwiches for lunch. It's great to be needed, but my point is, my kids think I'm Wonder Woman. Well, My first instinct was to remark that she was, in fact, Wonder Woman. Because that's a whole lot of juggling and balancing right there. I can't imagine getting much blowback going on on, on and on about how amazing moms are just because they're moms. Never mind going into the additional circumstances they may face. I'm going to recite a little thing I wrote and actually put the video last Mother's Day. It's actually pretty cool. Go look it up on my YouTube. Again, under the name Rich Levesque. But it goes something like this. All you moms, I just want you to know that I see you. I see all of you married moms with kids living like it's supposed to be. I wish you a wonderful day with the hubs and the littles. I see you. I see the single moms busting their humps to be all the things for their littles, often not having the time or opportunity to take the spoils. You are heroes to me. I see you. I see those whose moms are no longer with us to celebrate. Days like today, we of course miss them just a little bit more. I can certainly relate as many can. I see you. I see those moms who have lost their children and their pain and emptiness that can never fade. I can't imagine what is going through your hearts today. I see you. I see those who wanted nothing more than to be moms, but for reasons out of their control, it was never in the cards. Days like this have to be tough, I am sure. I see you. I see those who cannot be with their kids today. Some because of deployment or work. Others because the system failed you. It truly does suck. I see you. I see those whose own demons may have driven your children away. Even if the reasons may be valid, I don't know and I'm not here to judge. It just is what it is. 
I'll keep it there and hope that one day those demons can be cast aside and at the very least peace can be found, even if the bridges cannot be mended. I see you. Again. I should go look it up on YouTube. It was so much better when I recorded it last spring. You know, it could use some more views. Just saying. But it, it really is a challenge, though. You're responsible for bringing a life into this world and doing your absolute best to, well, for starters, completely keep them alive early on. Like, and then to gradually let them learn to discover the world around them while balancing keeping them in danger and continually doing this through childhood and adjusting the balance for what they're ready for and making more adjustments as it leads them to other things that they're not and trying to decipher the difference. That's hard. And doing this while they're mostly fighting you on it because they're kids and that's what they do and kids want what they want and they want it now because that's how they're wired because they're kids. Oh, and in addition, you have all these other entities that you basically have to shut the hell up in the process. You may have schools who insist on making you provide this thing, pay for that thing, and forcing them to complete this still other thing every night and continually judging and labeling, intended or not, the kid in an indirect way, your performance as a mom. And you've got other people that have their input that they insist on throwing in. You know, sometimes you got to deal with, you know, the struggles of co-parenting and even sometimes courts. Family, friends, social scenes, total friggin' strangers throwing in their two cents on and on and on. And Oh, by the way, you don't get any sort of instruction manual for this. You know... A lot of times you just go by watching what your parents did. You know, maybe it works. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe it didn't work for you either, but it's what you know. And even with doing your absolute best, you're going to miss things, make mistakes, and inevitably do damage to your kids. You can't not. Perfection doesn't exist. And in a way, you're growing and learning on a whole new level with every child. Each one brings their own unique gifts, but also their own unique challenges, which are unique lessons and opportunities. Regardless, it needs knowing and remembering that you are truly doing your best, even especially when it feels like it's all going to hell in a handbasket. And even doing your best... There are elements you will never be able to control. Which means that things can still go horribly wrong. You can't control which peers they connect with, or what crowds they follow, what environments they choose for themselves. They'll have to fail and then pull themselves back up. And it may not happen. And there isn't a friggin' thing you can do about it except... Live with the pain of what that may bring and to love them and yourselves through it all. That sucks. I can't lie. 
and again, I'll never experience this for myself, but it's what comes through to me as I observe and I watch and I listen and I try to learn. And let's go back to April's comment for a second. It's expected that you'll always have the answers to everything just because you're mom. And that can't be any further from the truth because there is no human out there with the answer to everything. No matter how much someone thinks they do. Side note, when they think they do, it's a safe assumption that they probably know even less, but they're so full of it that they can't find the space to learn anything now because they can't fit it in with all their bullshit. Just saying. But it's okay not to know what you don't know. It's okay to be upfront about that. It's okay to not have every answer. It's okay to not even try to bullshit an answer. You're human with all that comes in that package. You can't know it all. Be okay with that. Embrace it as an opportunity to learn or even as an opportunity for the kiddos to learn something valuable as well. It's all as it should be. I saw a post a few days back that I meant to go back and comment on, but I lost track of. It happens. Came from a mom that I know who was tremendous. And she was in a really uncharted territory involving a situation with one of her kids and was seeking out some advice. I won't elaborate on the particulars because they're not mine to do that with. I'll just paraphrase what I wanted to reply with because it may resonate to somebody listening. It was something along the lines of commending her for even being vulnerable enough to ask for advice in the situation. It shows me two things. The first being the depth of love her child that led her to take a risk and post for help. Let's face it. In such a forum, you set yourself up to catch responses for people who can kind of be judgmental assholes and should keep their opinions to themselves, but you know, think that their bullshit is so golden that it needs to be spread everywhere. But in addition to the love, there's a power to owning your vulnerability. And that really shined through. And something else I was thinking of, obviously not being a parent, I haven't experienced anything close, but what really comes through to me is to just follow your heart and let that guide you. Go with what that tells you. Act how it feels right in each moment, based solely on the moment. Don't stress doing the right thing or especially the quote-unquote perfect thing. Just be you. That in itself is going to allow you to lead every time from a space of love. Accept that it's not going to work out perfectly. Know that you will make mistakes. Some may even be colossal. See them as they occur. Accept them. Learn from them. 
even if your child can't see that right away, they'll eventually see that you're doing your best and will continue to feel safe with you because of that. That you ask the question tells me all I need to know about how amazing you are as a mom. You'll get this. I know that. Moms are just heroes, and I can go on and on for days about this, but we all do have other things we need to accomplish today, so I'd better dial it back just a little. You're listening to Beacon Road. And welcome back. I just want to thank you once again for listening to this episode of Beacon Road. Thank you for taking the time to listen to what I have to say. Ultimately, for as much as we talk about money or possessions or other stuff, And how much value that has. Our most valuable commodity is always going to be time. That's the one that's going to be finite. We have a limited amount, each one of us. And you're choosing to spend it with me. And I hope it was worthwhile and... I thank you deeply for that. Now let me talk a little bit more about what exactly it is we're trying to do here. Beacon Road. Yeah, I'm going to write about and I'm going to talk about a number of different topics. But what I'm ultimately trying to do is and I'll keep coming back to this I see a world where we're gradually more and more lost and hurting and you know trying to figure out who the hell we are and yet still try to fit into the roles and expectations that are put upon us and all of that together creates a you now can create pain and fear and you now a lot of us are just kind of Wandering around lost and alone. Even if it feels like we're in a crowd. And, you know, I'm not saying that with any agenda or expectation about what it's supposed to look like. It's supposed to be individual and I really don't care what you're agendas are. I just, I see, 
I see a world that's hurting. I see a world that's lashing out. I see a world that's internalizing a lot of pain. I see anger and hate spewing out. And I see, you know, more and more violence and more and more. You know, people trying to stuff their pain and calm it with things that they get addicted to. And I see people that just, they can't do it anymore and they have to, they have to end it. And you're seeing suicide rates going up and I see people's mental and physical health not being where it should be even though we've got so many more options and tools at our disposal that should help with these things you know we're all kind of a mess out here and I don't have a lot of solutions I'm certainly not an expert I'm not a professional. I'm not a coach. I'm not anything like that. And I'm not really here to give advice or any of that sort of thing. I can tell you what works for me or what works I've seen work for others. But it it seems what's needed more is you know, support, space, having somebody say, I see you, I feel you, I understand you, I get you. You're welcome here. Come on in. And that's really what we're trying to create. And just using the tools I have at my disposal to be able to do so. Well, basically, if you're out there and you're you know, looking for a friend, let me be that friend. You're looking for a parent, let me let me take that dad role. Let me be space and let me support you. And likewise, you'll be doing the same for me. All these connections that I'm making help me just as much as they're helping anybody else. And that's really how it's supposed to work. It really is a village. It really is a tribe. No matter how much we're taught otherwise. So, whatever, you know, calls to you, if you feel that's part of what you want to be involved with, there's a lot of different ways. 
Now, if you're a business, you can sponsor the podcast or you can you know, sponsor a website or other things you have going on. So you go to the website, beaconroad.net. There's um, going to be a lot of my writing and my thoughts and thoughts of some friends of mine that are up there and available. Also got resource lists for people for physical, mental health, and well-being. And we're adding to it all the time. You can check those out. And we've got our own little you know, Beacon Road shop that has t-shirts and coffee cups and other things to purchase. And you're more than welcome to come and check everything out. And if you feel compelled to donate directly, there is a PayPal link on the site that can help you do that. Also available on social media on Twitter at Beacon Road 10. Beacon Road, the number 10. On Instagram at Beacon Road. On Facebook at Beacon Road. I also have a Mighty Network set up that's a secure community where people can kind of post and either share a story or seek out support or just a place somebody wants to go and be heard. You can look up Beacon Road on Mighty Networks or there's a direct link directly through my website, which is again, beaconroad.net. Again, I want to thank you very much for taking the time to hang out and just keep a lookout for future episodes on all the usual suspects. I will post them on my website. They'll also be available on Anchor and Apple and Spotify and other places as well. Hope to see you again soon. Take care.